Marini's Media. Like the great Daniel Bedingfield once sang, we're going to get through this. It was actually just got to get through this. We make this show sound like a chore, so we won't say that. And this is far from a chore. This is the We're Totally Going to Keep Podcasting Football League show. This is all a, a little bit weird. I'm sat in Essex talking at my computer to Adrian Clark. Hello, Adrian. You may speak now. Over. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Uh, you had to hang out the window to try and get some internet connection in the Leicestershire area. <laughs> no. I, accident- I accidentally turned the internet off just just before we recorded. So, uh, yeah, potential disaster has been averted, I'm pleased to say. Technology tick. Sam Parkins also with us. Uh, he had to just close his balcony window, which is good. I like to think of you with lots of fresh air around you, Sam. Yeah, not many people on the strawberry hill to waterloo line at the moment but um you might be able to hear the faint uh, running of a few trains in the background uh, that very much look forward to because i i set my clock to it it's all being recorded by abby in the southerly london area which is as specific as we'll be with that and none of us have had to leave the comfort of our own homes although i do have the builders in which is not a euphemism uh, you may hear them drilling. <laughs> drilling in the background uh, one person who is missing though is joe criddy from william hill Although what Abby wants me to say is Joe Crilly from William Hilly is illy. So uh, we are sending him our best, of course, Joe, wishing you a speedy recovery and you'll be singing in the not too distant future for us all, for us all. Generally, how are we all? Adrian, health check, you okay? Yeah, all fine. This in the police report. Good. Sam? Yeah, all good. Enjoying um, Peaky Blinders Series 5, <laughs> sensational stuff. So up till two in the morning, most are nights. You, are you doing that and also doing a workout at the same time? Uh, I've attempted a few little workouts, yeah, but I've still been going for my, my daily jogs and it's been busy actually, like up and down the Thames. I do my little Teddington to Richmond and back to my house in Twickenham. So yeah, it's been it's been all right, yeah. Impressive. Keeping going, ticking over. We're going to talk more to David Wheeler uh, from Wickham about that in a bit. We'll also hear from Danny Macklin from Lake Norrent on FIFA, which is a bit ingenious what they've done at, at Lake Norrent to get the world of football involved. We have our team of the season coming up too. But first things first, the EFL due to meet a little bit later today after we've spoken about this. And UEFA, of course, postponing the Euros till next summer. It sort of all evens out. Where do you both stand on on what you do with the rest of the season, Adrian? Um, Yeah, first up, I I think it was really, really encouraging that um, it emerged from the the conference call among championship clubs that they're absolutely determined to, to finish the season, even if... It goes into late summer, even into the autumn. I think that it's the only way forward. I think that this season has to be considered the most important. And, and no matter when we're able to start the next campaign, we can decide then on on how we schedule it in terms of, of cup competitions. Maybe one or two may have to go. Maybe they just play each other once next season. But I think we have to complete this. So, so, so the early mood music is is positive. I think on, on that score, um, but so much else to discuss and to decide upon. I guess between now and the resumption, absolutely. And we're going to keep going throughout because there is there's plenty to discuss about football league between us all. But we saw yesterday announced that League One, League Two clubs are estimating Sam that it's going to cost fifty million if they can't restart before the summer. Danny Macklin, when we hear from him later, said, as a last resort, we'll have to play it behind closed doors. But would you do that? Would you go that far? 
Well, I, I would to get it completed. Yeah, obviously, as Adrian rightly says, if there is the possibility to restart the season with supporters uh, a little bit later, then it may be to the detriment of the amount of games next season. But so be it. We have to try and get this season finished for the integrity of our, our sport in this country. You know, it will start again. And the teams that have done well need to be able to either finish this season or, as Adrian says, uh, well, I don't think Adrian said it there, but potentially to even go into next season with the points they've had from this season, uh, with a reduced schedule. If it came to that, I'd be more for that than actually just null and void in this season, which just can't happen. That has to be the final, final mm. option. Behind closed doors, if it has to be done that way, yes. And then supporters at least we hope would have an opportunity to, to watch on the iFollow season ticket holders would be able to watch for free and there's been a price uh, placement this season for what uh, supporters have to pay to watch their clubs uh, we're going to be crying out for football that would be one positive you'd be able to get watch your team and of course with that you'd have to have the players regularly checked for, for illness to make sure that they're fitting and healthy to, to play and to continue the season. But that's the plan B, isn't it? Obviously, mm. you know, to play with the crowds and extend the season, extend the contracts, extend the loan players' terms would be best for all parties. Yeah, Mark Burridge has tweeted at the Totally Show, says, asking what your proposal would be to finish the season. No ideal options, obviously, but what would get the most approval? I guess we'll find out a little bit later, Adrian. But what one of the things that, that fascinates me is how do the players start again from what sort of standing start do you need to get going again well in an ideal world of course you would need a few weeks you know whereby even friendlies could be played but I don't think we're we're certainly not living in an ideal world providing the players uh, are keeping fit and keeping their fitness levels up it may just simply be a case of you have to hit the ground running and we and we and we go from here I, I'm guessing that the, the clubs and the managers will be given at least a couple of weeks notice to, to really up the intensity of the training ahead of the first match. But I don't think we've really got time to mess around with, with, with warm-up no. games. We've just got to go straight into it. it it's not ideal, but, but needs must. And, and I think it's the same, really, with, with contract situations. I was looking at this. Obviously, most players' contracts are up at the end of June. The, the big question is what, what happens there. I mean, the, the simple case is we don't know. We could obviously go rolling week-to-week deals. Maybe we just have to have the transfer window open as it is and business can be done as and when du- during the normal period that we would expect, but while games are actually going on. Again, it's not ideal for players to be sold or moved on or to leave mid-season, but if that's the way that, that, that we can operate, then I think we just have to take that on the chin. It's it's almost as contentious as your team of the season. Almost. <laughs> almost. Which we'll get to in, in just a moment. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. Let's whip through a little bit of what's come out of the championship then over the last few days. The Charlton leadership and financial conundrum continues with fears that the club won't be able to make it to the end of the season, let alone a coronavirus hit one and the championship are ready to launch a legal challenge should the Premier League not give them 
the three promotion spots. They're kind of the headline bits out of it. And Mono, one of many, has been in touch to say, anyone know WTF is going on at Charlton? Will it even be mentioned? Well, uh, we had Rich on, didn't we? He says that the funds, Rich Crawley this is, said that the funds for the addicts may run out before the season's over and now we have an extended season to deal with. Goes on to say, talk about that the club being in greater turmoil now than before. It's difficult to know what to do, Adrian, given that Charlton have been in all sorts of mess before. This goes back to the the days of relegation from the Premier League, doesn't it? And all that that happened then with the club, where they come out of this. Yeah, it's just awful news all around, isn't it, for for Charlton fans this season? Um, they thought they were over the hill and 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 you know embarking on a bright new era. That obviously the the in house fighting hasn't helped. Now major question marks over over the investment of 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 the new owners and whether that's there for the club. Um, yeah, worrying times it really is, and it's who knows really what's going on all. All that Lee Bowyer and Johnny Jackson, the players, can do is, is keep ticking over and and hope that they are paid. I mean, we'll probably get onto a wider discussion in regards to to how we we help Championship League One and League Two clubs, but but it does mm. feel as if whether it's from the the FA who have been really quiet, haven't they so far? Guardians of, of the English game. I mean, haven't barely heard anything from them. Hopefully. They're coming up with some proposals themselves and measures to, to to help out clubs in financial peril. The FA, the PFA, the government, we heard from them last night, didn't we, in terms of helping out businesses where they can. Football clubs are, of course, businesses. And then there are the Premier League clubs as well who, who could potentially help out. I think there's enough wealth in the game, enough cash reserves out there to to sustain these clubs and the salaries that they have to pay out to their employees. But but is there a great will to do it collectively? I sincerely hope so. I guess the, the problem with Charlton is if you're putting more money in, who's who's directing that money which way? No allegations against any of the current ownership, but but looking at where the club is put on a, a stable footing. Sam, have you got any sense from the, from the players? We've heard that the manager is staying um, for the moment. There's no kind of inkling that, that he's leaving. Have you heard anything? No, I mean, it's it's worrying times. Obviously, the most recent articles drawing attention to the fact that the pot of money, if, if we can call it that, may run out and that the players' wages and the staff's wages may be in jeopardy. So, you know, there's a lot of additional concern for everyone at Charlton at the moment. Um, I had my reservations uh, about this takeover. I think we all did, considering what's gone on at other EFL clubs this season. Mm. Um, Something didn't seem right uh, at the start. Um, I think all of us wanted to give them the benefit of time. And it's it's absolutely transpired into a a complete mess. I mean, the the, the stuff that came out at the back end of last week, obviously Louis Mendes, a colleague of of mine, a former colleague of yours at BBC London, Mm. Caroline did a sterling job actually there on Thursday night and actually trying to hold these people to account, the executive chairman in particular who who made no comment. But it's a real mess and when it does resume, it's going to be a huge job for the management to get those players focused. It will have an effect, I think, further down the line. Um, it can be a bit of a cop-out at times, but I think, um, you know, considering all the issues they've had, if it's going to, you know, possibly... Uh, hinder uh, the the finances and the wages going forward, then of course it's going to affect the players. The thing that's 
that's got to not happen with Macclesfield, with Southend, with Charlton, is that in the midst of everything else that's going on clearly, that we keep remembering these teams and what's going on or what's not going on and what's happening at those clubs too. So we will, of course, keep chatting, keep having those conversations. Uh, One other message that's coming for you, Sam, in particular, or at least I'm just going to throw it at you, in, in light of the fact we're about to do our team of the season, to kick things off, Michael asks... Would Bielsa's Leeds team beat Reeves' team? <laughs> I would be a little bit concerned with the likes of Billy Bremner in the current climate. <laughs> um, I think there may be a few yellow cards brandished off and some potentially some red ones. And we'd have to, I think we'd have to be clear about what playing surface we're uh, watching this game on as well. So. How old does this listener think you are, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, is, it, is it specifically directed to me? You must have known I had the match of the no, day, no. 60s and 70s um, cassette. Cassettes? We're watching them. We're watching Video cassette cassettes. tape. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the, the reel to reel, Sam. The reel to reel. Yeah, <laughs> I'm watching on that. All right, on to our team of the season then. For some, some light relief, or maybe it might actually wind you up and do the opposite. During this fallow period of no football, we're going to bring you our new team of the season feature so week on week out we're going to build the team of the season I have to ask or set the rules at least Abby can't really shout down the line to us at the moment so maybe we can set them amongst ourselves are we are we only going to have one player per club or not no no, no chance no way really yeah the Abby's idea was was truly terrible on, on <laughs> front. yeah <laughs> yeah but but the the premise being once we get to uh up front that you could have the whole of the Brentford front three we're not going yeah. to, though, are we, Sam? I don't think. Well, look, we can, no, we, can no. play fa- we can play fantasy league rules if you like, and go three maximum three per team. I don't think that's going to impact on the on the quality of the lineup. But we, we want the strongest team possible, don't we, Sam? Yeah, I'm happy with three. I think I'm only going to do two max from from each club. So, um, but yeah, three Fant- fantasy league telegraph back in the day. That's the yeah. benchmark. Well, well, you say that. Clearly, you're just making your own rules up as we go on. Right, we'll get to the attack in however many weeks' time. Uh, we're going to start with the defence then. Uh, although, do we start with the keeper first? We've got keeper as part of the defence, clearly. Clearly? We need a keeper. Yeah. All right, let's go keeper first. I think we're in agreement here. I did have David Raya in my team of the season pre-Christmas, but... Considering the level of ricks that he's made in the, uh, the 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 weeks that have followed that team, I've made a change and I'm going to go for Samba at Nottingham Forest. And pretty much from what I just said, I think every goalkeeper has formed, probably suffered a little bit in the last few weeks. There's certainly been some quite high-profile mistakes from some of the big guys, Rodak, Certainly um, at Fulham would come into that category. So Samba, for the influence he's had on the team, 12 clean sheets, played 33 straight games. The money he cost was pretty small. I think, yeah, across the board, he's probably just about being the best. I wouldn't disagree with it. He's my pick as well. Just a few honourable mentions. Most saves this season, Dylan Phillips, one two six. Followed closely by uh, Rafael Cabral at Reading and then Bartos Bielkowski. And I have to say that Bielkowski mm. is a contender here. I think he's been outstanding. He, he wasn't really wanted by Ipswich and he, he was having a terrible time last season. But he's bounced back quite brilliantly, I, th- I think, for Millwall. In terms of the save percentages, I've been I found a website that that, that has those and, and top of course dog you have. At, Yeah, top dog is um, is Marek Rodak of Fulham, who who actually would be second on my on my choice for goalkeeper of the season in the championship. Then comes Cabral, Sam Johnson, 
and then Bryce Samba. But but for me, Bryce Samba has to get the selection because I think he's the most reliable. I think that he's made the fewest glaring errors and he's been a sensational signing for, for Forrest. So, so yeah, hands down, Samba in the team. He's a keeper then, uh, all about the defence in front of him then. Adrian, go first. Well, let, should we go position by position, uh, if that's all right? My right back... You're making the rules up, it's fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Luke, Luke Ayling is my right back. few contenders um, to, to push him for that. But, but for me, he's the best right back in the division in terms of the roundedness. He's aggressive, wins the ball back brilliantly. He's got that attacking verve and drive. And we've seen that recently with the goals that he scored. Four goals... Three assists, which I, I do think, and I know it's not important for for fullbacks to chip in, but but down the years, the very best fullbacks have delivered goals and assists, and and Luke Ayling's definitely done that for for Leeds United. So so there are a number of other real quality right backs in the division, um, but but Ayling is number one for me. Yeah, I mean it's a close run thing. I'm going to stick with Matty Cash, who again I had in my team before Christmas, just edging out Luke Aileen. I think Aileen is a terrific competitor. I just think Matty Cash is probably just a little bit superior in most areas. Um, it's very close. Four assists, three goals for, for Matty Cash. I think Adrian said Aileen's the other way around. Four goals, three assists. So not a great difference in the productivity of what they've given their sides. Um, I think we saw the effect that Matty Cash has had on this Forest side when he was left out for that Charlton game and they... Mm immediately lost at the city ground so he's been fantastic in a in a new position obviously linked with AC Milan um just shows the season that he's been having brilliant going forward and not been caught out too often Mill did a little bit of a job on Forest recently kind of um identifying that side of the pitch getting in behind Lolly and Cash but in the main he's taken to uh, the right-back position, a defensive position like a duck to water. Right, we'll get to the left-back in a minute. We've got to talk to David Wheeler, he of Wickham, in about four minutes' time. So we'll rattle through this. Uh, the two centre-backs then from you, Adrian. Uh, right, for, I'll go Leeds again with uh, Ben White. I think he's been um, Rolls-Royce throughout the season, really classy player, good on the ball, reads play fantastically and uh, very much deserves his place in the team of the year. Loads of contenders, not 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 one standout to play alongside him. Um, but I've gone for Ethan Pinnock of of Brentford, who've got an outstanding defensive record this season. For me, he's their most dominant player in the air. He clears the ball well. He's a good passer as well, especially long range passing. And I just think he's a he's a player that's developing week by week. He's he, he's developing into a into a pre, future Premier League player in in my opinion. So Ethan Pinnock and Ben White, I think it's quite a, a, a real classy central defensive duo. If you don't go for Ben White, Sam, then I don't know you anymore. (laughs) Um, The only way I would not have gone for Ben White probably would have been if uh, Michael Hector would have played the whole season at Fulham. I think he's the only one um, that you can compare in terms of their quality. So he would have been a shout, but he's obviously not played enough games. So, of course, White's in there. Um, I know his best pass completion in the the lead squad just shows you he's ridiculously comfortable on the ball. 
No goals yet, which maybe um, will be one criticism of him moving forward. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But have to have a Leeds defender in there because they're the best. They've been the best defence in the in the Championship. I'm going to go for Semi Ajayi at, at West Brom. I love Ethan Pinnock, and you get the balance, the left footer there as well with Pinnock. But I just think Ajayi going to a big club after a great season, breakthrough season really at Rotherham. His consistency has been brilliant. Very comfortable playing out. I think he could play left of the two, no problem at all. Five goals as well, huge threat in the opposition's penalty box. And I think important to get at least a couple of um, West Brom players into the lineup, considering they should be promoted should we uh, reconvene at some point. Well, the 11.30 is about to come past your house, so we've got 30 seconds each on the uh, the left back. Who oh, this is the best conversation. <laughs> we can pause it. Do you want to pause it? We are making up our own rules as we go along. So we have a keeper in Samba, right back, Luke Ayling and Matty Cash are our two options. And the uh, four centre-backs, it's only really three. Ben White, both of you have picked. Pinnock and Ajay picked by Sam. We will get later in the show to the left back. We are picking our championship team of the season so far, starting with defence. If you completely disagree, and why wouldn't you, apart from not with Ben White, at the Totally Show for your thoughts. We will get the remaining left back at the end of the show, but we're off to League One next. Get great offers every day with William Hill. Join today and get £30 in free bets when you bet £10 using the promo code C30. Whether you like great prices, free bets or in-play scoreboards, William Hill has you covered. William Hill is who you play with. Promo code C30. New online customers only. Minimum £10 stake. Win only. Minimum odds 1-2. to two. Free bets paid as free £10 bets. 30-day expiry. Free bet payment method player and country restrictions apply. Into League One then, and the headlines really from this week. Berry aren't dead just yet. Steve Dale has renewed his attempts to settle the club's debts. The short line on it is, unless something's found by 1st of April, then the club will likely go into liquidation. Elsewhere, Tranmere among clubs with community schemes that are trying to help elderly and vulnerable. They're looking after with food, calls, medicine. So many clubs have been doing this. Adrian, I don't know if you've seen some of them too, but just been incredible, some of the, the things that the clubs are trying to do in their communities. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It really is. I, I think it's one of those aspects of football clubs that, that isn't reported often enough, really, throughout the course yeah. of a season. That most clubs have these foundations and charity charitable causes that, that the players, the staff get involved in. And obviously, the you know, the need to do that even more right now is there for all to see. And, and it's great to hear that clubs like Tranmere are doing it. I'm sure I'm sure that most teams are. Well, let's hear from one team now, shall we? Apparently, he is the cleverest man in football, and that's according to Sam. So I don't know whether you take that as a recommendation. David Wheeler, Wickham's finest, joins us. Hi, David. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, do, you, do you put that on your CV, the cleverest man definitely in football? Not, definitely no. not. There's t- definitely a target on the back there from Sam. <laughs> yeah, as recommended by Sam. Uh, we are just talking about the, the good work that football clubs have been doing in the community. I know Wickham, too, have been keen to just really keep talking to the fans, but as, as players and at the club too, how much are you now thinking about the whole community? Yeah, it's it, it's definitely puts things in perspective for sure. Like I think you know most most people, most of the players would say that you know it's not football's so insignificant now compared to mm-hmm. to to everything else. As much as we all love it, and you know we're it, you know life's pretty boring now without it. It's uh, it's it's one of those things where you just like it just doesn't really matter now. Like no, it's uh, no, it's just about you know look, 
making sure we do the right thing so that um, our elderly relatives don't, you know, accidentally get get the, get the virus, which would be obviously the worst case. And how are you? How is everyone at the club? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, it's definitely, I think, uh, been quite a shift in in the way it's being treated like in the last few days there's you know a week or so ago we were uh, like the physio had uh, like i think one a couple of the lads had come in with with a cold um or sort of you know like a, a cough or something and and he's he, they'd come in from the other side of london and he sent them home and everyone was uh, sort of uh, jumping up and down laughing take taking the mick and stuff and we all thought it was really harsh and then obviously you know he's he's been shown to be completely on the money only like a few days later where now everyone's taking it really really seriously yeah that was quick thinking from him in the first place wasn't it because you say it's changed so so rapidly um adrian yeah i just wondered uh, what what you're up to now then are you guys reporting for training regularly or not are you having to to train at home we've seen pictures haven't we of, of guys like uh, pierre emerick abamyang they've got like a whole spa built within their home <laughs> so it's not an issue for them is it to, to keep fit there not i would imagine not quite the same for, for you guys in league one and, and league two how are you ticking over um yeah have you been given special programs um, yeah, I would imagine you know most most clubs at our level have been you know been given guidance and different programs and what what we need to do individually. Um, we we have been in the odd time, but obviously it's you know not anywhere near the same as what it would normally be leading up to a game. And you know you're restricted in some of the things you can do as well. I guess you know as as far as we know, like the the the, the game's on next Saturday, but. Uh, I highly doubt that's going to happen now, you know, for, probably for a while. And I think you definitely need to have the conversation now about whether you need to look at almost like a mini pre-season before, before we eventually go back because, you know, it doesn't take that long to detrain and, and, and get unfit. Mm. Dave, obviously things are, are moving fast and uh, the back end of last week, you know, on Thursday, I think was a big day in terms of what the government decided to do in the Premier League and then the EFL followed. Uh, having been a player in the uh, non-league for a number of years before you got your break at Exeter, what were your thoughts about the National League and the National League South continuing with their games at the weekend? From like a from a human perspective, like I thought it was mental. Like I, I was like <laughs> I was almost saying like oh dude because you know the Halli- I think it was the Halifax game was on TV, I think like um and I was thinking, oh, did, did, have Halifax found like a cure and they're just holding everyone else to ransom or something? Because it just seemed like really crazy that, that it was all still going ahead. But when you sort of sit back and think about it, like they're probably, the non-league clubs are probably on the front line in terms of like they do rely so much on the gate and, you know, more probably more so than, than any other, any of the sort of higher divisions. And obviously there's, you know, the obvious point that the, that the crowds are slightly smaller, but even so, you're still getting where where five hundred at, at, at a lot of these grounds. So I just thought I just thought it was from a human perspective. I thought it was a bit reckless, like, and it was just a bit strange considering the decision that the football league had made. Dave, David, can I just step in and say, look into the crystal ball just a few, hopefully a few weeks away, whereby the situation's changed, and they say, look, we can resume the season. But 
we're not going to have uh, any crowds in attendance for, for, for the first three, four weeks. So um, you've got to play behind closed doors. How would that be received by, by you guys, the, the current players? Happy to do that? Um, it's, diff- it's a difficult one because, like, obviously by that point, we'll, we'll be chomping at the bit to, to get outside and get some exercise and you get some competition and and from that perspective it will be you know we we want to do it but at the same time like it's I, I don't know if anyone's been watching the you know the the European games where behind closed doors it just you got you know top top class football like it just almost seems boring when you're watching it with no fans um, mm-hmm. in the stadium and football just isn't the same without the fans in the stadium. And yeah, I just, I just think there's there's so many things that like questions it throws up in terms of you know you lose the home advantage that you know is that is that a, that's that's a big factor in the season for a lot of clubs well for probably most clubs and yeah I think yeah financially as well a lot of a lot of clubs rely more on on gate receipts than others so yeah I think I think probably not on balance you probably say don't go back until the fans can be back but at the same time then it becomes very very complicated going into the next season David just uh, in terms of the club as a whole obviously I, I played a few games there many years ago it was quite fresh out of the non-league really and you always felt that you were the underdog and kind of punching above your weight what's the the sense at the place now considering Gareth signed a new contract you've got new owners hopefully they'll be more investment does it feel like there's new ambitions for the club it definitely it definitely feels that way like it definitely feels that it's you know the club is building for you know a a a solid like being solid a league one club you know with ambitions to to obviously get promoted to to the championship in the next few years um this season you know we've probably gone against expectation and got into a position where that it could happen this season you know despite it being sort of a like three or four year plan but I think like the the squad that we have now and you know the potential to add you know similar similar caliber players in the near future like I think you know it's encouraging to see that you know we could be a club that that challenges in league one you know regularly uh, if not getting promoted to the championship David thank you so much for coming on go look after yourself um, hopefully we'll see you back playing football again soon when it's all safe etc to go but but it's a real honour to talk to you I, I say that and I mean it because the greatest brain clearly in football uh, has outdone us <laughs> all so <laughs> no, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure thanks for having me on David Wheeler joining us on the show at the Totally Show to get in touch uh, David was talking there about really not want to play behind closed doors. We are going to hear in a minute from Danny Macklin from Leighton Orient, who will say that actually, as a last resort, might be a way that they they have to go. It's the finances, Adrian, that they've got to juggle up against against that, clearly as as players, as fans, uh, as commentators, being in a a stand, a stadium, and we've done it, um, with no one in there is awful, but financially as well, the impact it would have. Of course, yeah, but it's a balancing act, isn't it? And if... If measures are taken to protect clubs and to help them out financially, and we sincerely hope that those in the position to, to help out do help out over the over the coming weeks and months, if that's the case, 
and it's the only way to get the season completed in in the right kind of time frame. I think it's a sacrifice the players and ourselves will all have to make, unfortunately. The players won't want to play in empty stadiums. It no. isn't the same. And do you know what? There are so many negatives around at the moment for all sorts of reasons. But the one thing I think that stands out for me is about behind closed doors football is that how important fans are. And hopefully that will be one good thing to, to come out of all this this awfulness is that fans will finally be appreciated for the contributions they make to football. Absolutely. Here, here. Right, on to League Two and a chat with Late Norrance, Danny Macklin next. This is the Totally Football League show with Caroline Barker. So at the Totally Show, for your thoughts, we will get back to, because I know you're all waiting for it, the left back in our team of the year from the Championship. But on League Two, the focus for a wee while. Late Norrent have organised a mass FIFA game with 128 clubs around the world. We'll speak to their chief exec on that subject in just a bit. Exeter among many clubs to close their training ground and set the players a target of remaining fit until such a time they can return. Swindon are tweeting out players doing fitness as well, putting us all to shame. And Macclesfield ready for the science bit, have had their points deduction reduced. So originally they were deducted 10 points with four suspended. Now this has been revised to a seven-point deduction, four to be applied immediately with three to be suspended. So they now have 32 points and have moved up to 22nd in the league. Does anyone want to talk about Macclesfield? <laughs> I'd like to know why they why that's changed. Yeah, because since that initial punishment was was handed out to them, They've also had incidents where the, where players and staff have been paid late. So yeah. I, I, I was expecting actually that those those ones that were suspended, the four points that were suspended, might come into play or, or three points. So so yeah, um, took me completely by surprise. I mean, you've done very well there because you could have just pretended like the technology had let you down and it gone quiet, which I think is what Sam's done. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't know. It's, there's a couple right, of other sanctions hanging over them, isn't there? Yeah. So where's this going to end? I mean, it made it's made them leapfrog Morecambe, I think, in the league, being two points better off. So yeah. I don't think Steve and Idge are going to be able to sleep any easier, to be honest. I think no. they're still requiring snookers, aren't they? Uh, I'll tell you what, we just don't know. None of it we know. None of it we know. Ultimately, like you said about three minutes ago, Adrian, though, it's about how the fans come out of, of all of this too. And hopefully we've all got clubs to keep supporting. We will, though, keep across that story, as well as everything going on at Charlton, Southend and beyond. But this is the moment you've been waiting for, all you FIFA lovers. A FIFA tournament that has captured the footballing globe because there's not a lot else going on. Uh, To talk to us all about it is Danny Macklin from Leighton Orient. He'll talk about why they set the tournament up in just a bit. But first off, I asked him how he was. Tell us where you are at the moment, what's happening and how are things at the club? Yeah, it's obviously a very difficult time for every football club, uh, large and small, up and down the land. So we took the decision to close the Brogrove Stadium on Monday following the government advice uh, and then quickly agreed to close the training ground uh, for the foreseeable. Obviously, we don't know how long that word foreseeable will need to last. Uh, At the moment, our players are training uh, very much in isolation uh, from each other and going through various programs using the gym where they can, using gym equipment at home and basically following some uh, fitness guidelines that have been given by our our really good strength and conditioning and medical teams. 
I've seen loads of clubs actually sharing their own strength in medical. It's brilliant how everyone's coming together like that. As, as far as you're aware, has, has anyone at the club contracted the virus yet? Uh, as far as we're aware, no. If anyone's been showing mild symptoms, then yeah, almost like coughed once, then we've taken precaution to make sure that they're isolated. But yeah, as of yet, touch wood, we haven't had anyone with severe symptoms or uh, or actually of yeah, the worst case of, of, of the actual symptoms coming to reality. As you say, touch wood and, and long may it last. I'm sure you'll be aware of, of comments from, well, he's just up from the road from you, Robbie Cowling at Colchester, the chairman there, talking about just how long it is before it's going to start affecting them as a club. What's sort of best hope for you and, and where it starts to financially impact? Yeah, I've read uh, with interest Robbie's uh, comments and agree with, uh, as always do, with, with Robbie. There's the impact on the club for us. We are lucky that we have experienced and you know, very well-rounded uh, board members and a, a good management team and a good staff structure under that. But we're obviously in uncharted waters and uh, steering the good ship Orient through that is you know, every single day we've got to be creative with ways we can try and drive income, uh, massively reduce our costs where absolutely possible continue to engage with our community with our staff uh, and with our fan base uh, and at the same time make sure that the health and well-being of all of those groups is the number one priority but you know cash is very quickly a number two behind that and the cash flow is something we are literally updating our cash flow three or four times a day at the moment and discussing it regularly with our board to make sure that we can continue to pay our commitments and don't leave ourselves exposed to anything that uh, does crop up if clubs don't get help do you think the the football pyramid could collapse i can see a number of football clubs uh sadly not being able to ride through this i think the next couple of days are absolutely pivotal with efl and, and premier league meetings naturally the premier league are gonna first and foremost be concerned about any repercussions with any broadcast deals with the likes of sky bt sport etc clearly i understand that's got to be their priority but we're, we're soon going to approach the end of the month when clubs start to do their payroll uh, start to pay VAT bills, PAYE, etc. Uh, yeah, the bills still have to be paid, and that is a real grave concern. And there are football clubs that struggle on that. Even yeah, with without games, it, it, I can see an absolute catastrophe happening. And I think the government and the authorities of, uh, of the Premier League need to do absolutely everything they can to support that. You know, you've got to look. We had Harry Kane on loan for us. He may have not have had the career if he'd not been able to go on that. Jamie Vardy playing for Fleetwood. The list goes on. If there isn't that structure below it, English football could look gravely different. And I think what this has taught us all over the last week or so is how important football is to society, to individuals, the number of people it employs in the gig economy and the amount of work that people do typically on, on a low rate of pay. And you know, they'll be the first that suffer. And you know, the case at Barnet yesterday, I fear, could be the first of, of many of, of clubs having and being forced very reluctantly to have to go down that road. As you say, we'll find out more after the, the EFL and the Premier League meetings later after we've spoken. Social media technology, that's the way out of it. And that's that's kind of what you're you're doing, isn't it, with the Ultimate Quarantine? Yeah, my media team. Uh, so I bought a guy in called Luke who come from AFC Filed. Uh, absolutely phenomenal uh, in what he's done. And he's been very much supported by Dan, who's held the fort. So my media guy was with us till December chap called Elliot he's now gone on to pastures green and new at Bournemouth and replacing Elliot was always gonna be difficult my media team have done an absolutely phenomenal job 
they came up with the idea of you know, doing a game on Championship Manager. Okay, other clubs did that as well, and they, but they they took it to another level. So Sunday uh, night, they're discussing various options of what could be done. Uh, I was brought into the loop once they uh, had the brainchild of this, and uh, I, I applaud them. You know, to come up with this, the engagement level we're getting with our fan base. Well, I think we've gained our twenty thousand new Twitter followers uh, in you know, in less than uh, two weeks. Absolutely incredible. Uh, the engagement with those fans is brilliant. And first and foremost, we're providing an outlet. You know, if someone had said to me, we'd be getting excited about a, a, a draw for a FIFA game, I would have thought they'd gone a bit crazy. But right now, that's uh, it's keeping engagement going. And even more important than that, it's helping to raise funds uh, via the uh, Just Giving page for EFL clubs, uh, as well as a proportion going to two charities, Mind Charity, and they sadly might be busier than they even normally are, uh, as well as making a small donation to the coronavirus vaccine uh, cause, to which, yeah, ultimately the uh, tournament wouldn't exist if we didn't need that. So a huge amount of work has gone into, into that, and I say I applaud my media team and, and the teams that are working around them, our sponsorship team, marketing teams, etc., that are supporting that in uh, creating some absolutely phenomenal content. And, you know, we've got engagement from some major clubs up and down the land and across the world. They could have got you a better draw, though, although I'm assuming that Locomotive Moscow are quite tough, but they might not be. Yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to the replay. So if we do it once, yeah, once the uh, airlifts are banned, perhaps we could do an away trip. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all joking apart, it will be we've got Sam Sargent, who's uh, one of our goalkeepers, and he is a closet uh, FIFA expert. So, so I've been told, and I've seen firsthand when we had preseason in, uh, in Portugal last year. He's uh, yeah, he's a very good uh, in, in Spain. Sorry, not Portugal in Spain last year, and he's uh, yeah, he's one heck of a good player. So we're uh, we will give Locomotive Moscow and anyone else that stands in the way a good run for our money. I think. Yeah, it's no good if you come up with the idea and you can't go on and win it. Uh, not that I'm saying. Anything's corrupt yeah. or it's not, yes. clearly, clearly. No, definitely it was a legitimate draw. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have got a much easier draw than that. But yeah, <laughs> hopefully Sam can uh, do us proud and keep our, our, our personal engagement with it going a little bit longer. What what he's done, what your, your team have done, going putting a smile on people's faces too. What's your... Uh, who knows what's going to happen, how many months it will take. What's your big fear about the other end of this, Danny, with a football club, but with football as well? With, with, with football in general... Without government slash Premier League slash other authority support, clubs will go. There's absolutely no doubt about it. If you've got clubs already struggling to pay wages, this time of year it's so difficult. Your season ticket money has dried up. Your sponsorship money is typically uh, all come in for the season that's near the end. And there is a huge amount of costs that still have to go out. And clubs, if, if clubs go, the, the English Football League and lower leagues below that in the pyramid, could look very different come whenever the start of next season is. Danny Macklin, Chief Exec at Leighton Orient. Danny was quite strong on the fact right at the end there, Adrian Sam, that he's really fearful now that clubs will go to the the wall. We've kind of I don't know how much more we can talk about it in this in this show, but I guess the thing is that everyone seems to be saying the same thing. So the EFL have got to be listening, the Premier League have got to be listening and the government have got to be listening. I know they've all got other things on their their minds at the moment, Sam, but everyone is saying the same thing. Yeah, and football is going to resume. And of course, it's not important at the moment. Um, there's much more pressing matters, but hopefully we will get going again at one point and 
something needs to happen now in regard to the finances. There's no point in waiting further down the line when teams like Barnet we've seen in the, in the National League having to uh, lay people off uh, in the last 24 hours. That's going to continue to happen unless someone steps in. Um, I'm not a financial expert. I watched the Darren McAntony uh, ideas that he put out on YouTube yesterday. You know, he's talking about money coming from the the Sky deal. I think it's 600 million over the next five years for the EFL. So for each club to get an advance on that money and pay back a little bit of interest, I think over three years was his idea. I think it equated to something like £600,000 now for League One and League Two clubs just to get them through the next three or four months. Well, if something like that can be negotiated, of course, that would be brilliant to safeguard the future of these clubs, hopefully in the short term. Um, the longer term with the whole economy is a is a bigger question and, uh, and more unknown. But in the short term, if some money can be funneled down to stop uh, people really falling off the edge of a cliff right now, then we have to do it. We have to find a way. Yeah, some of those stories off the back of, of Barnett's announcement about making players redundant and the, the club staff redundant and what they were intending to do as well. Just, again, the fans and the community rallying to to try and help them out. Lake Norrent and what they're doing at this, this FIFA tournament, just one idea from someone in the media team. And it has gone mad, hasn't it? Andros Townsend's playing for Palace. Uh, Ipswich have got someone that's ranked in the top 300 playing for them. Either of you, did you throw your hat in the ring? <laughs> I'm not sure about bringing in ringers. I saw Sheffield Wednesday have got someone in as well, like some FIFA whiz. Uh, not sure about that. I think it should have been, uh, you know, one of the lads, certainly. Out of the, you want uh, them to kiss the badge? Out of the playing squad, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but, you know, a brilliant idea and great to see, you know, clubs from the States and all across Europe getting involved as well. Great idea. I haven't played FIFA for years, but I once went to the launch of a Pro Evo event back in the day. And on the back of Emmanuel Petit, was that? I can't remember. No, it wasn't that. I, I, I was there. been tagging on with someone. Yeah, I was, I, yeah I was, <laughs> that's what I do. I was just freeloading, basically, just getting free drink. Um, but I ended up playing. They had some champ there, like the world champ, and they actually got beaten by um, David Bentley. David Bentley played the champ on stage and actually beat him. I don't know if he fluked it or what. And then I played David Bentley and beat David Bentley. Which officially made me, or unofficially, made me the champion of the world for that well, for that one moment. Throw him in, throw him in, Abby. <laughs> sort it out. Right before we throw you in, um, we're we're about to get booted out, or at least my builder wants a cup of tea. Uh, so before we go, we've got to do our left back for our championship team of the season. A reminder: we've got Samba as our keeper. Both of you agreed on that. Right back: Luke Ailing came from Adrian. Matty Cash from Sam centre back both agreed on Ben White but you had Ethan Pinnock in there and Ajay was in there too so they are the majority of our defence we've just got a left back to go Adrian who? Um, Right I think left backs are are a slight weak area actually in the championship this year it's quite hard to pick out the number one but I have gone for beating off Stuart Dallas Rico Henry just is Christian Pedersen of of Birmingham City. I think he's been brilliant. Ever-present, defence, first and foremost. He's a, he's a proper defender. He's good in the air. Does score goals uh, when he comes up from set plays. Four goals this season. A couple of assists as well with crosses. So, yeah, um, Christian Pedersen for me. Uh, he'll probably be the only Birmingham player in my eleven, but but that's not to say he doesn't deserve it. Sam? You know what? Adrian's spoken a lot of sense today. And it's, um, it's, <laughs> Until... it's tough to... It's tough to argue with him, to be honest, because 
he's right. This is the problem position. It's like Sven's left-hand side. Um, and the last couple of seasons, if you think, we had Barry Douglas at Wolves, wasn't it? And then you had Ryan Sessegnon Ces- as well the last few seasons. So there's not been any standouts. I am going to go for Joe Bryan at Fulham. I like him. I've always liked him. I think he will be a Premier League player in time. I'm aware there's question marks about his defending. And I think this season he's been weak in that area on occasions. But I just think going forward, exceptional. Um, And I've gone, as you can see, with two very modern fullbacks, whereas Adrian's more about that tight back four offside trap because of his George Graham days. Uh, Hang on, who was asked asked the question about Bielsa and Reevee? I think it was you, Sam. Uh, Right, so So (laughs) Brian then completes Reason being, yeah, the only statistics I'll add to that, uh, seven assists, one goal, six assists for Mitrovic, and Joe Bryan's assists, I had a look at, have been directly responsible for 12 points. So they've been winning goals that he's been assisting. Obviously, the majority for Mitrovic, but his other assist was a, a match-winning goal for Knockart as well. So he's been pivotal in a lot of Fulham's, well, quite late wins as well recently yeah. and will be a big part if they can uh, you know, make it to uh, the Premier League again. We'd love to have the conversation with you two at the Totally Show for your thoughts. We're doing the championship at the moment. Who knows how long this will go on, but our defence is done. We'll move on to midfield. We'll even have a manager in there as well at some stage before we get to League One and League Two. But here's hoping we got the football back before then. Thank you, Sam. Cheers, Caroline. See you soon. Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, all the best of luck and love to both of you. We will be back next week with more as uh, we monitor the situation for clubs across the country, speaking with the players too. Until then, all of you stay safe and healthy. Goodbye, Adrian. Goodbye. Yeah, I quite like not making the journey in to see you or at least actually cashing out for all those blooming pastries you eat of a morning. But (laughs) (laughs) we will see you again sometime soon. Listeners, to you too, thank you. And of course, to Abby as well. Lots of love and luck to you all. You've been listening to the Totally Football League Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Keep up to date with everything across our Totally Football network at The Totally Show on Twitter. And make sure you check out our brand new website too, thetotallyfootballshow.com. host of the Totally Scottish Football Show and if you like football you're gonna love Scottish football it's not all just Stevie G and Scott Brown up here no because we talk about all of the Scottish football and geez oh it's great there's actually a title race this year in the Premiership Stevie G will be hoping not to slip up again Hearts are tearing each other a new one Motherwell are doing well well they're doing well so if you like your football to be competitive have a title race and a ton of drama off and on the pitch the totally scottish football show is most definitely for you grab scottish football by the boys just like ryan christie did and listen to the totally scottish football show available everywhere even in england muddy knees media